Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Triangle Anime and Manga Review Podcast. I'm here with Ozzy, and I am the man behind the microphone, Logan. Are you not also the man behind the microphone, Ozzy? Yeah, I think there's men behind the mi- microphone. Oh, yeah, it's crazy how that works. It's two men and a microphone. I don't know if they made a video on that. Two turntables and a microphone. Hey, Where bottles and cans. Clap your hands. <laughs> hands. Right? Isn't that the same? That's the same that, song, right? Yeah, I think that is, actually. Yeah, it's Beck. It's, it's amazing how easy it is to write a song. <laughs> when well, you're when back. you're Beck and you put very little effort into some lyrics sometimes, I mean, he is a loser. He's, I mean, he basically puts it out there. Baby. Exactly. I, I've always liked that line because he says it in, in, in Spanish, and I feel like people don't understand what he's saying, but he's just saying this exact same thing in Spanish. I thought it was just funny. He does it. Oh, that's what he said. Soy un perdedor. I am a loser. Literally what? Soy un That's not what I... Come on. How old are you when you just interpreted this? I didn't realize. I did not realize. But then again, I I hear a lot of songs. Soy un perdedor. I'm a loser, baby. Yeah. It's literally what he's saying. I'm now I'm embarrassed because I literally for the longest time I just thought he was saying so open the door and I, was like, <laughs> I misheard the lyrics so open the door it's Johnny <laughs> no it's Beck god damn it it's Beck <laughs> it's Beck actually oh, I'm a loser anyway um, but uh, yeah so speaking of losers we're here to talk about anime um, yeah well, me, what else do you call yourself when you've got no life and this is what you do we don't do it for a living thank god no praise the lord but uh no we, we just i guess another word is a weeb but uh, yeah we're here to talk about anime uh it is the end of the fall season we're getting into winter now so it's also the holidays which is also fun yeah we've still got our year-end superlatives and i guess review on the horizon which yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to because we there was a lot of hits like right as the year was kind of coming to an end, and I forgot about all the stuff that we started the year off on. So it's been a pretty surprising year, I think overall. I feel like it's maintained. I feel like the last maybe the year before there there, there was a down t- like time, and I want to Cer- say it was like in the summer. summer. I think yeah. it was summer, but I think this year I don't remember it like like dropping at all. I definitely feel like the last two seasons. Uh, yeah, seasons definitely delivered more than I expected. So I was, uh, I'm excited about going over that because it's crazy to think that a year's passed and we've been doing this, but I can't even remember what I watched in January of last year. But I guarantee you, once I look back, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm kind of feeling. <clears throat> I like just from the fall, I can't count the number of great fights. I can't wait to go through that superlative because that's oh, gonna that's be, gonna be a good one. That's gonna be an exhausting I'm gonna rewatch experience. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, this one is just about our fall shows, so we're going to go ahead and finish those out. I guess it's winter over here. That's technically the fall season in Japan, but we're, we're, we're calling, but it's basically the last months at the end of the year. So to start things off, um, I just wanted to get into a few non-anime shows that came out recently on a couple of different studio, by, on a couple of different streaming platforms that were worth mentioning. So, first off, uh, Invincible season two came out. So, for all the nerds out there who have been hearing about this show, Invincible is kind of like the. Uh, I would compare it to the boys. It's not really like the boys, but it's kind of like a more serious, more gritty take gritty. on superheroes. And who owns what franchise is like? Who owns that franchise? 
I is that be- kind of an original thing? Or I right? believe it's Image Studios, but now I think it falls under Marvel. It, oh, Marvel it, bought it. It used to be but Image. It, it's well, not the same. It's not in any superhero universe that's well known. Like no, the it's, Marvel it's, world. it's its own thing. That's what separate. I thought. It I, does, I wouldn't think any one of them would like adopt that since it was so gritty and. They aggressive. did do a crossover with a bunch of Marvel stuff. Like I think oh, wow. Invincible fights with Spider-Man at one point, but. Um, Okay. Yeah, Good luck, uh, Peter I don't know if that's I don't know how that's going to work out in the actual animated show, but um, yeah, I think for those of you who are not familiar with it, it had great voice acting, great animation on the first season. Second season started off, and they basically released half the season, and then they're like, "and we're just warming you up for what's left to come." I will say it was good. It mostly felt like setup. There was a lot to of just kind of re re affirming yourselves and figuring out what was going on in the world and not a whole lot else. Kind of introduced a few new villains. But otherwise, uh, we're still waiting for the other shoe to drop on the action. Uh, I'm excited for that one next year, but uh, nothing too crazy there. Next one, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which was released on Netflix. Now, this one, uh, if y'all are familiar with the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World or the comic, that's what this is based off. And this one was actually animated by Studio Saru, um, who's done some of the work. Uh, I actually don't know what their main anime stuff is. I know they did a Star Wars Vision work. They tend to have very they did, yeah. outlandish kind of cartoonish designs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare them to like Trigger. They've done some Adventure Time. Yeah. Stuff. They do a lot of Americanized style, but very out there kind of animation. Uh, trippy animation, if you would. And I think this show definitely carried some of that. First off, uh, I was kind of expecting a retelling of either the movie or the comic book. This is neither of those. This is its own unique spin. new Unique, I want, not really a side story. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, a couple of characters die in the first episode that make you go like, oh, well, this is not what yeah, I Yeah, my buddy told me that he watched it. He was like, this is, this took a, a major turn. Not in a, good, in a good or bad way, just kind of like unexpected way. Yeah, I would say unexpected is definitely the definition. What I will say for this is the fight scenes aren't fantastic in the same sense that you think Jujutsu Kaisen is fantastic, but they do a lot of good cuts. They have a lot of comedy fights, a lot of quick cutting action, a lot of uh, the characters playing well off of each other, and a lot of trippy kind of things going on in the background. They do really good with the music. The one weakness for me that really sucks on this one was the voice acting. They brought back all the actors from the movie, and it becomes very clear quickly that some of them are not are voice, not actors. voice actors. Yeah, it's always funny whenever you can tell, like, and it, it gives you an appreciation for it because... It is hard to be a normal actor, and it's also hard to be a voice actor, obviously in their own way. But I just think that selling something when not being put on vi- on visual, it, it's, it can be hard to sell it correctly, right? Yeah. I will give it to them that some of them started to figure it out as the story went along. Like, for example, uh, Kieran Culkin, who played Scott's gay tr- uh, roommate, who's like always talking trash. Like, he was one of my favorite characters, and initially he, he sounded terrible, but as the series went on, he got better and better and better at delivering his lines. So, yeah, I think there were some highlights in this one, but uh, I think it's more for the heart, the fans who like Scott Pilgrim itself. Finally, uh, this is my... This one kind of came out of nowhere and has jumped into my top three on the season. 
We're talking blue-eyed samurai. Um, blue-eyed samurai. Did, now, Ozzy, did you actually have a chance to check this out? Before? I have not. It's on the list. Uh, I did get to look a little bit at it. Um, and honestly, I have not heard anything about it. Like, And I thought I would have heard it through maybe the subreddit, the anime subreddit, through just other friends that watch anime. Uh, and I'm surprised that it kind of went under the radar. I know that it was recently released. I think it says it was released at the beginning of November, so, you know, kind of later. So that could be why. Yeah, this one, I also hadn't heard much about it, but I started seeing some videos on YouTube about it, specifically about a strong female protagonist, um, which I guess is a little bit of a spoiler. But uh, it's an interesting show. Um, and it's also one of those that's kind of hard to describe without getting too much, without giving too much away. But uh, basically, um, it does take place in 1600s Japan, and it's about a mixed race girl who has basically suffered all her life because, uh, for lack of a better phrasing, her white father uh, kind of abandoned her and her mother. And left them to die, or she was rescued from dying when he ordered her killed. It's it's kind of a... Uh, anyway, point being, she is out for vengeance. Now, how does she track down this guy? She doesn't know who he is. Well, in this, I guess, slightly altered reality of Japan in the 1600s, only four white men were in the country at the time. So she is. her plan is basically to track down all four of these white men and kill them. Um... <laughs> And all right, well. it's an interesting story. It feels very similar to Kill Bill if you've read that. I guess my favorite part about it is the animation is very sharp, but it's also very ugly. And normally you wouldn't say that's a good thing. But when I mean you by... You mean ugly? You mean like rough? No, when I say ugly, I mean in terms of the character designs. Okay. I mean in terms of the fights. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of people getting torn up. There's a lot of fucked up... Like, things going on. It's very... It's brutal. And it's fast-paced, and it's just hitting you over and over and over again. I love the designs of the characters. None, no two look the same. They all have their own unique little, like, trippiness about them. And I guess the other thing is, it's not afraid to bring up sex. It's not afraid to bring up intense violence. It's very open about those things. I think that might be the part that scares some people off because it does feel like an HBO like special at times where it's just like, it's all sex and it's all violence. And it's all sex and it's all violence. But I think there's a really good story underneath. Um, if it tells you anything, Samantha watched it with me because she saw the first episode and she got interested and she actually really enjoyed it and is looking forward nice. to the sequel. I will say I'm looking at the cast and this cast is insane. They have quite you know a good, uh, you know pretty from, uh, popular cast. Brenda Song, I haven't seen her in something recently. Uh, George Takei is in it. Uh, Randall Park. Uh, Mas um, uh, Masai Oka, which I've seen him in stuff. And then I think this is the guy from Mortal Kombat. Uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the guy from Mortal Kombat. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, there were... And I will say, yeah, the voice acting talent delivered in spades because they were... Everyone was fantastic in this nice. show. Um, so Check I it would, out. It might be something I'll do over the uh, the holidays because I have time off, and it's it's probably already all streamed. Is it on Netflix or was it on? Yeah, all the episodes are out. All yeah. the episodes are on Netflix, and I would definitely say if you haven't watched it, go give it a shot because it's nice. fantastic. All right, well, I took up enough time monologuing. Do you want to tell us about some of your animes? Yeah, 
here's some of the ones that I uh, I solely kind of watched on my own. Um, and I'll uh, to continue on with the Netflix uh, trend. Uh, I talked about this one in the midseason review because it was released early and just like probably Blue Eyed Samurai was released in full content. Uh, Pluto. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into it um, besides the detail that I talked about in the midseason where. It's definitely in my top shows of the season. Um, it's it's kind of more like Blue Eyed Samurai, where it's a little bit more adult. Uh, it doesn't have anything of you know more sexually oriented. It's more just uh, like adult themes, like um, that is an adult theme, but just like questioning adult themes, like the future of mankind, and you know there is a lot of gruesome deaths and stuff like that. Uh, there's not really much lightheartedness. It's more of a serious tone, and it has a detective-like uh, approach. It's basically the story kind of revolves around uh, Adam, the uh, the uh, the boy, uh, the the robot boy uh, that uh, some people know about, some people didn't. I thought more people kind of knew about it in American culture, but I, whenever I brought it up to people, they're like, I don't know who Adam is. So, I thought he was as well known as like not as well known, but well, at least somewhat known, kind of like Mega Man. They Mega actually, Man might be a little bit more well-known. They actually released another anime with that character recently. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen more media about Adam, and it was in one of the original like cartoon animes that got big. So, But it is about the story about Adam and just kind of some robots in the future where robots have been accepted, but still not fully integrated. And it just it's kind of interesting because I feel like this came up, and this is a question, and this is a comment on you know, stuff that has been happening throughout the years. But, like, I feel like this year was, like, the big year about AI. Like, oh, yeah. the question of, like, is AI too much? And not necessarily robots, but, like, the ability to use AI in creating art, in creating media, in creating, you know, uh, like, uh, data. And yeah. stuff like that was questioned, and it's it, it kind of plays along the lines, like, hey, you know, at what point is it too much? At what point is it starting in to tamper with human traits and... We should keep those divided, or should we, right? Um, and it definitely talks about that. It definitely brings that into question, and I, I really enjoyed it. I like the darker uh, like aspect of it, so maybe that's why I, you know I might like Blue Eyed Samurai too, just because it's nice to get that grittiness and not necessarily like that cheerfulness all the time. Um, so that's definitely one that I recommend highly, um, and that's like I said on Netflix. So definitely go check that out. Um, now going back into more normal anime stuff, uh, just a few that I watched. Uh, I actually I actually started Shield Hero again. Uh, so I never finished Shield Hero season two, but season three started, and I wanted to give it a chance. And I would say I was very, very, um, I got very good feels about it again um, because I think everyone that's watched it knows that season two was an absolute just atrocity to what a sh what it was in season one. Um, I don't think it's too uncommon for shows to have this problem that, you know, you get a hype and then you get a very lackluster second season or third season or whatever. But I just think that the drop-off for this one was so extreme that, uh, you know, I saw a lot of backlash, a lot of disappointment. Um, I won't say that it has gone back to the hype that season one was, but I will say that this was definitely, like, digestible and entertaining. I don't... I, second season, I had such a hard time getting through... This season, I actually enjoyed the new characters. I actually enjoyed the interactions between uh, Mifumi and his uh, his like his other like his other companions and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I actually enjoyed again the other heroes because most of it. I think if I remember correctly, I really hated the other heroes. They were just kind of a, a hindrance. 
They were really annoying, but I think they finally got through things. They're still a hindrance, but I, I think that they were like finally acting like normal people and like making more rational decisions, uh, at least quickly. It, 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 I feel like part of the problem I had with that show, it's like people hung up on things for too long, and it's like, just fucking deal with it, man. Just move on. Can we like process through it? But I think they finally found a good balance of like, hey, it's okay for them to be pissed at or at odds, but then finally come to a resolution within yeah. a few episodes. I think that was one of the nice things that I liked about the manga uh, was that the, the, those characters did finally develop and kind of turn around and have their own personalities, even if it wasn't like the personality you want for a hero. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's where it's getting to in this season. So that was another positive. Um, the action wasn't bad. I, you know, it had some early action when it was introducing new characters and new fighting styles or new like elemental stuff. And I really enjoyed seeing that, especially the new character who, who's one of my favorite animals. She's apparently like this anamorph that's like a, a an orca whale. Um, and mm. that was kind of surprising. I was like, oh, I did not expect that. But that that animation was pretty cool to see that fight between her and Mifume. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I I I haven't finished it, but it has been much better. If you ever thought about hopefully it getting back on track, I think you should give this a chance because it did. So. All right. And then I can't help you on this next uh, one. Yeah, my, my last one that I lonely picked up because I initially hyped it up because it looked a little different style-wise from what we were going to be watching this season. Uh, it was Ron Kam uh, Komono Hashi's Forbidden Deductions. Uh, so this one was a strictly detective... Uh, like police work anime um it is kind of a fun like shonen you like um like light-hearted one uh, it's not like too intense like like you would think uh like a real full-on detective show would be um but this one was fun i, I did enjoy the episodic it had like a couple of two-part three-part episodes where it had like a longer uh maybe mystery going on but it was basically just a bunch of mysteries that this detective that had a past who was like this like high-level detective, think of like the best detective of all time, and he just kind of gave up being a detective. Uh, but he finally rejoins being a detective by kind of like proxy through this other detective who's actually not good at his job. Um, so they kind of help each other solve new crimes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the crimes that happened. Uh, it did get a little bit formulaic by the end because what ended up happening is that basically every time they found, they had a situation, they always had all the puzzle pieces there. It never felt like they had to go out of their way to go look for stuff. It felt like it all kind of came to them. Even though they still had to do the, the troubleshooting, the deductions and all that, they still had to do that, and it was still fun the way they did it. But, uh, like, to explain it, it felt like it was Clue, where you had all the puzzle pieces in front of you, and you just had to figure it out, which is fun, but sometimes it's nice when you have to go to a different city, maybe do a little bit of background checking on somebody, stuff like that. They didn't necessarily do that a lot, um, so maybe they'll start doing a little bit more of that, because I don't think it's done. I think the 13th episode, which I'm not sure if it's the last one or halfway through, comes in. Um, because they're bringing in more past, they're bringing in more of the past of Ron, who has this like mysterious power too, which is another weird thing they added. So he has this power that's very much like Lelouch, where he can tell people, what he to can do command people. One, one, he happens to do it to just criminals, and he's usually he's like, hey, go off yourself, and they'll do it. And 
he luckily his partner who's like the goofy like super like gentle like wants to do it by the book kind of guy he's like we can't kill people obviously yeah so he saves them so it's kind of like they help each other in that aspect but it's that part is like so weirdly written in and they haven't really touched it yet. And Interesting. Yeah. Can he do it more than once, or is it just like a They haven't really thing? touched on that. It's just whenever he does it, they do it. And, huh. All right. you know, either you have to snap them out of it or snap him out of it. It's, it is a little weird. Uh, but besides that, I did like going back to that for the detective stuff. It's kind of fun to get something different. I get you. Wow. I mean, I think it's nice to have, like, a little bit of a detective kind of mystery show to go to. Exactly, yeah. So, speaking of... Um, Let's talk about Apothecary Diaries. So More detective work. Yeah, this one is interesting. So it's like a combo slice of life and mystery series. We've talked about it a few times, but it kind of starts off as just like this girl gets kidnapped, she's put in the palace, and some people start dying, but nobody's really behind it. It's just that there's something, there's a chemical that's being used that's causing people to, you know, get poisoned. And then when she figures it out, it kind of leads her into becoming more prominent in these roles. And then more mysteries start happening. It's pretty... I'm kind of... Actually, I think the way I'm describing it doesn't do it justice because it makes it sound like it's all kind of on a linear path. This feels much more haphazard, which I think is part of the fun of it. I I will agree. I'm, I'm glad you said that because it does have an underlying plot and maybe mystery... But the way they approached it, it definitely wasn't linear, and I, I appreciate that. I, I I don't think I thought about that until you you know I do agree now that you're saying it. There was something about the way it was approached. It didn't feel like I every episode was like it has to keep building, but it felt like they didn't forget. You know you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't forget to add something to make it matter in the end. So yeah. I think that's just good storytelling because really like every now and then there was a. Something that added to that ultimate final mystery. Yeah, well, and I think it's also just a good merger of what would be storytelling in real life. It's it's like, that's why I mean it's got a slice of life vibe is because really the person in the story, our main character, whose name I don't even remember because I'm terrible at names. Mau Mau is just kind of going about her daily duties and chores and doing her own thing. And it's not like, they have hired her to solve this mystery or anything. It's just like these things are happening and she kind of has to deal with them. It's, it's, it's a nice little nuanced touch to it. And also I think it helps because it gives us a flavor for what day-to-day life is in this palace, which which makes things more fascinating. Cause I know a lot about Japan. I don't know much about China. Granted, I don't know how much of this is accurate, but it's kind of cool to see like, this Chinese palace and the king and these the different factions of concubines. How, yeah. how their politics is done. Yeah, it's like the bureaucracy between each group. It, that, that was that was very fascinating. I, even if it was false or not, the actual building of that world was fascinating to uh, kind of get a behind the scenes of like how do they interact with each other? Do they like each other? Like who is actually the favorite for the emperor? Like do they have a history with the emperor? And you get a little bit of that. Um, and I think you're uh, you're definitely right about how like um, they they give you like the, the main character Mao Mao has a good she's she was definitely written well in that there was no she wasn't completely always on a mission she was kind of she's kind of almost like like you said kind of bumbling through every day 
every now and then she would find something that would interest her and she would kind of pull at it, pull at it. And then sometimes she would have to be ordered by that Jinchi guy, the, the yeah. eunuch, right? She'd be like, hey, I need you to look into this. She's like, oh, why do I have to, you know? And that was always nice to kind of go back and forth between them because those characters were, were very fun to, to see interact. But uh, I, th- I think that's also why I like her as a character. Well, first off, she's a very kind of like down-to-earth character. So as you pointed out, those little... Uh, moments allows them a lot of fun with the animation where they can play between what we would consider to be standard anime animation and then going into chibi form when they're like bickering or when yeah like something like you'd see in like say yatsuro or something you'd see in like uh nagatoro you mm-hmm. know pulling the cat form or something like that yeah and i think that's nice but i think it's also it kind of makes her feel more human because it's like we all been there. I don't want to do my job a lot of the time. I don't want to deal with my annoying boss like exactly. sometimes. Yeah, not to say that if he's listening, I'm not to say that you're annoying, but you know, I I, I just don't. Yeah. Anyway, point being, yeah, it's uh, you 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 kind of get the feel for what she's doing and she, what she likes is poison and medicine and these kind of things, and because she's good at it, she has to help out. She doesn't really want to, but she is in interested. In those things, and that kind of leads to her along the path. It's it's a very well. It's hard to describe. I think that's what we keep coming back to. But it's a very nuanced show that kind of slowly tips its toe and then dives a little farther into the waters, but not so far that it just becomes one type of show. It's like yeah, it's like it's it's almost you forget what kind of show it is because at the beginning I could definitely feel like it was slice of life. By the end, I can't say it it was fully, but I don't know when it changed, and I don't know if I could tell you that at the time I could tell you that's what it was. Because if I told my friends that don't watch anime that they saw this, they're like, hey, what's this about? I honestly, I mean, it's about a girl who likes poisons and kind of a story that's unfolding in the area. And then you could interpret that as like, oh, it could be something dark and menacing. No. Oh, it could just not be something boring. Yeah. No, it's not. It's neither one of those. It's So it it is a fun story. There is some mystery aspects. There is some comedy aspects. Uh, there is some slice of life aspects, and I think it did it all well in building into this one little uh, story. Yep, I, I think it was. This is a really good one. I don't know if it's my like top in my tops because there have been some very good ones that came out, but this has been a very. I've been looking forward to this one every week. So I, I like think it. Def- I think it definitely delivered. I think people were excited about this one. It delivered. The animation was nice. I think it was uh, because it was. More slice of life. There wasn't much action. I can't say there was like a lot of like, you know, maybe moments where you said, "Oh, this looks amazing." But I, I will say that it was clean the entire time. It didn't look sloppy. Um, I think the character designs are where people shine. You know, uh, Mao Mao is a very, you know, she ha- she's she's kind of short, but I feel like they draw her to be confident. They draw her to, you know, I don't feel like I don't know what I'm getting with Mao Mao. I feel like in the moment, I know what she's about. I know what she's doing. Uh, and then the other characters, like I said, there's a there's like a eunuch who's the son of the emperor, uh, Jinshi, who's you know kind of fun and flamboyant. He kind of knows what where he can kind of throw his weight around, and he's a positive character. Uh, so he's fun to see that they they play him up as a fun kind of opposite side to uh, Mao Mao. And then the couple concubines that we got to meet were also fun because they were either adding to conflict or helping, you know, manage conflict, well, right? Yeah, and I like that they all have their own unique personalities to kind of play into. You got the hot E1, the hot E1, you know, the... the yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying, the hot. 
E1. Well, whatever. I'm sorry. I can't pronounce names. But yeah. Anyway, so you got like the nice one, then you got the like motherly one, then you got the like five year old. Weirdly young one. Yeah. That was like the the aunt to one of them that was older. God, that's so fucking weird. Yeah, I was like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of glad that they don't they don't stray away from that. They're like that was how history was. We're not gonna fucking lie about it. Yeah, you know it, it, does, it is a five it is like eight year old that's being groomed, and that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's but fucked up. It's but I mean is. that's history, you know. So it is what it is. But um, yeah, this one is definitely a recommend. I think as most anime people, anime lovers, I think this is one that people will enjoy. Uh, unless you're just strictly into action, because I will let you know there is no action here. You're not getting that. I will say there was one fight scene in it that I did kind of like, but it was just because it was like, it was between two like girls. It was Mau Mau and like this young girl, and it did feel like the kind of fight that two girls would have, where they were just like, no, stop oh, yeah, it, yeah. and she headbutts the girl and just knocks her out. I was like, damn, that does feel like something they would do. But no, there's not like flashy fighting. Um, but anyway, moving on, uh, we got more on the list. Uh, speaking of concubines, hundred girlfriends who really, 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 really love you. I think uh, you hit it that time. I think that's did right. I get that, did I, I get all the really... five or six, so I think you might have really got it this time. Okay, so this one, um, for those of you unfamiliar, this guy basically has bad luck with girls because God accidentally fucked up his luck charm, so... God corrects him by giving him a hundred soulmates, but if he turns down any of the soulmates, they um, will die. So what does he decide to or do? Or die lonely, yeah. No, I think they, they just straight up die. Oh, like, maybe. Uh, and then he's like, and then God, so what does he decide to do? He's like, I'll say yes to all of them. Gonna marry all of them. Shut, fuck this. Uh, so, yeah, so, that's it, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. All right, the next one. And uh, it is what it is. I mean, if you know, you know about this show, okay? This is the way I approach with these shows. I watch trash like this because... Every now and then I'll watch it because I just want to see what it's like and maybe get some laughs. And honestly, I have some friends that actually watch this because they enjoy it. I can't say that I fully enjoy this every moment. This is not something I would watch if I didn't have watched, if I don't have a podcast. But I will say when I watched it, it was funny. There are some funny moments. It is well animated. The characters are enjoyable. Because uh, up until, I think, as much as I watched it, there was probably six or seven girls introduced. Yeah. You also like the intro of the show. Yeah, the intro's great. I love shit like that. That's, like, my favorite type of intros. Like, the kind of, like, upbeat, like, bunch of girls randomly singing. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it is. it does have funny moments. It knows what it's about. It aims to please people that like this stuff. Like, if it is an, a, if it was the... Pool, pool episode, the beach episode, it was technically a water park. It knows what it's playing to. It knows what it's going to do. Yeah. It doesn't beat around the bush about it. Um, I will, it. If it's the, oh, if there's like a pervy moment, they're going to play into it. It is what it is. If you like that stuff, I think this delivers. I think this is well done. I think the characters are fun. Like I said, I really like that each girl has their own distinct, um, you know, like personality and they kind of play into each other, and you kind of, after a while, you kind of know what they're going to maybe say or how they're going to react, so that kind of makes it even more funny, because you're like, oh, I can't wait to see how she does this. Uh, I feel like it can kind of run, I feel like it will run out of cute and stuff. Because if if they're going to hold true to the name, they have to introduce 100 girls. I, think, I just don't know how you can do that. I think that's really the struggle. That was why I kind of gave up on the manga, is it's really hard to juggle 
I mean, I can't imagine how the main character feels, but it's really hard to juggle that many characters at once. And that is one of the current highlights about this show, is it does do a good job of highlighting each of the individual girls and giving them, like, screen time and personality and, like, their own little fun stories. But, yeah, I mean, a hundred girlfriends is a lot to, like, give a balanced screen time to. Um, I will say I've kind of given up on hair anime, partially because I'm married. I mean... For a lot of reasons, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't give a be, fuck. Being married makes it like hard to you know, explain why you're watching some of those scenes. But point being, I do think that I did like this manga a lot. It was very funny to start off, and I think that obviously the anime is carrying through on that. And I will say that I think this is one of those stories that really benefits from being animated. Yep. Because some of the antics come across significantly better watching them actually play out instead yeah. of just watching a cut scene by yeah, scene. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it, it definitely translates better. I, I remember, I think I might have said that to some of the animes that, some of the mangas we read, and I, I think I did say that about this one, that I could appreciate it more, and I definitely did. Um, and I, like I said, if you know, you know, and I think this delivers yeah. in that category. Well, and I, I do also like the characters, and I like the main character, because a lot of the times the harem character... The harem main character is kind of a is either like just not manly enough to do something, or is like too pervy, if that makes any sense. And mm. I think this guy's got a even though the author kind of gave him an out, but he's got a good reason for what he does, and he seems to have a good heart. So it's hard for me to hate on him. The harem stuff happens, but it's pretty good anyway, and it's got a lot of good comedy. I, I think this is a really well balanced anime. If y'all haven't seen the Gigguk video on that, I think he put one out earlier today, which is very funny about this whole thing. But uh, What's his take on it? Is uh, he, is he... I think he likes it, and I think he kind of sides with what I'm about to say, which is that I know this is a harem, and I think you know this is going to be the harem of the next like three or four seasons, three or four years maybe, because mm-hmm. uh, I think this one's got enough comedy and enough... Uh, goodwill with the characters that it'll probably be around for a wow. while so yeah i guess we'll see if it continues delivering i think it, it it delivered pretty well a lot of people uh really like i said the people that i know that watch this definitely enjoyed it yeah i mean it's not my cup of tea but i i do think that it hits what it's supposed to it knows its audience so all right next up uh undead unluck so uh this was a show that also benefited from the anime because I fucking read the manga and I hate, I did not like how weird this fucking story is, which is weird because a lot of the times I'm charmed by these weird stories. That's why I get into the manga or the anime. This one was so out there for a manga that I didn't really appreciate it. But watching it animated, holy shit, (laughs) watching this stuff that happens on the TV with this undead guy who cannot die and is just getting like torn apart and rebuilding his body and this unlucky girl who's also and this whole perverted relationship they have this whole situation is just so fucking off the wall and clearly i think the creators know what they have and i i like the action i like the story i like the characters i don't know that this is like a resounding success but i mean uh, considering I didn't really think about it at the start of the year, this one was, or the start of the season, this one was turned out to be really good. I was surprised. What are your thoughts, Ozzy? Um, so, I 
I wasn't sure what I was getting into with this one because I will say that it was kind of like at first I was like, oh, this is kind of a comedy, but then it got actiony, and then like blood started shooting everywhere. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like ball, like exactly balls to the wall, bizarre. Yeah. Um, but I think it reigns it in a little bit after the first episode. Just, I mean, that was just kind of the introduction. Um, but I, I have enjoyed it. Uh, I like the action. I like the characters kind of playing off each other. I like the ridiculousness of it. Um, because, you know, you can have these shows that are just ridiculous. And that, that's the fun of anime, of fun of really any kind of storytelling, is that you can build any kind of ridiculousness, especially with animation. You can visualize that, too, because, you know, you have the freedom. Um and I think it does it well because, like I said, the Andy guy, he's literally cannot be killed. So you see these crazy antics that when they deliver on animation, which I think as a whole they did, I think that they animated very well across the board. And then when you got these big moments that allowed you to really kind of go all out, they did as well. Kind of like maybe second episode, they had a massive meteor hit in that battle yeah. between that uh, like the the agency and it was uh, Andy. The, that was in the first episode. And I person. guess that was I kind of just told set talked about how weird the story is. Like really at its core the story is just that like this undead guy meets this unlucky girl who was about to kill herself and he saves her because he wants her unluck to give him the perfect death or the greatest Cuz he death. wants to die. Cuz he wants to die. And, and that's what it is on the surface from the first episode. Yeah. And but, then very quickly after that, it becomes clear that that's not the story at all. The story is just... I don't even know how to describe... Yeah, and I don't even know where it goes, but <laughs> I, I, I just I would just say that it's a good time. I like Again, the characters are designed pretty well. Um, the the action's really fun because they, they keep introducing new characters that have different abilities. That's another thing. Like I always like the shows where you know everyone's kind of gifted a, a different ability. They do say that like not everyone has them, but pretty much for the lack of the story, or for the purpose of the story everyone has it that's important um so yeah these powers they have to use them and some of them are kind of creative powers are not just oh he's super strong or he's super fast you know there's a way to activate it kind of if you jujitsu kaisen style you know like oh i have a you know a condition i have to activate it you know it only works in that one condition but it makes it kind of op so um it's fun whenever you get to meet new characters and they have these you know, these powers and you get to learn them and you kind of have to break them down and you kind of see the, the main character, Andy, do that too. It, it has got that mystery factor. I guess not really... I guess mystery might be a stretch, but it's kind of got that, like, Pokemon factor where you see somebody new and you're like, well, what the fuck are they going to yeah, do? Yeah, that part. That yeah, aspect's yeah, yeah. always fun. Uh, and, you know, that's also because, they, like I said, they make good character design. The, the main, like, villain squad that, oddly enough, they kind of join... Um, you know, has some pretty cool design of characters, and I look forward to seeing a little bit more of them. Um, I will say that there's not, I don't think it's a very, like, there's not much depth to this show. It's pretty, no, it's it's pretty on the much. head. Uh, you know, you're getting what you're getting there. Um, it's very shonen y, very much action y. I also don't think there's much of a message of this show either. No, there's it's not. Basically it's basically because like, it's so ridiculous, it's just kind of like, we're doing this for the fuck. For you're the along for the ride. Yep. Have fun. Yeah. So don't expect much thought process to this. Just watch it. Just have fun. If you're into that, if you're looking for a little bit more thought provoking, a little bit more like, you know, ooh, I want to see what's going on for besides just action and like maybe new characters, there's not much to it. Um, like you said, it's just a journey to. We still don't know, honestly. Yeah, I mean, really, it's all pretty much left in the dark, at least in this point in the anime. I know the manga has gotten a little farther along, but I, I just, I do think this is, I'm not going to compare it quite to Bleach. It's not that, like, 
flat, but it is very much like rule of cool. It's like, are you having fun? Because that's what you're here to do. So don't don't worry about the rest of it too much. Um, yeah. So, but I, I definitely recommend Undead Unluck. Yeah. All right. Now we get into probably our top two of the season, if I had to guess. I don't know what your thoughts are exactly on Shangri-La Frontier. They're in the top for sure. Uh, I want to I say that Shangri-La Frontier, which is the next one we'll talk about, um, is definitely my dark horse. Definitely my, uh, what's it called? Uh, like, from unsung hero to top. You know, like the biggest jump from, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this to, wow, this is pretty good. Yeah, this story literally came out of nowhere. I mean... I think some people clearly knew about it, but it wasn't us because we didn't even we weren't even aware of this show or this studio. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, "Hey, here's this great anime that everybody, that a bunch of people are talking about on Reddit." And I was just like, kind of like with Blue Eyed Samurai, I was like, "Well, let's check it out." And sure enough, it's a fucking it's a fucking video game anime that actually does video games well. What a concept! This is crazy. I know, right? Like, I and. I feel like most of the time you sit here and think video games, at least for me, when I think of video games, I think, oh, it's probably going to be Isekai related. And honestly, that's kind of what I expected when I first saw the premise because it's like, oh, these people are going into yeah, a video game. They're going to get caught. I was waiting online. for it too. I was like, are, when is the video game going to get like tampered with? When is someone going to die? When is? And you know what? This is the best part. They didn't. They kept playing the game, and then whenever they wanted to go take a break, whenever they wanted to go do some research, whenever they had to go to school, they did. I will say they yeah. don't do it every episode, but they do it often enough to like break that reality, which is to me is nice. To me, it yeah. it, it kind of like gives you a break. It, it it makes you it helps you remind you that there are characters behind the ones that you're seeing in the video game, and that they have other motives besides what the video game wants you to do like like the uh the secondary character the, well, the girl with the crush really, really quick let's just hit on the i guess the plot itself is basically just there's a trash gamer uh, i guess he plays bad video games just to like for the enjoyment or i guess to work on the bugs he's basically a speed runner is yeah he, his name is sunraku is, is what he goes yeah, is what he yeah he he's just a gamer he just he, likes all kinds of games he, he likes, likes to he likes to them. get he likes to get good and he likes to find bugs and he likes to maximize you know stuff so he's good at all those things and he's looking for a new challenge he buys this video game and he plays it and there's he finds some things that shouldn't be doable, and then, like, that's kind of it. But he's still, like you said, he's just playing this game. He's not trapped in it or anything. He just, like, finds, I guess, what would be considered bugs? I don't know. Well, I don't even think that's... I don't even think he's found bugs. I think he's just found unique experiences. Scenarios, and I yeah. think that just... I don't think there's a game that's like that. I will say that. That's the one thing. I, I mean, they, they somebody, try to mimic somebody games very well. Somebody would have been... Yeah, someone would have already known. And uh, But but to, to to be fair, I mean, everything else about this video game is the most accurate yeah, stuff I've like ever he seen. Find, he, because he's such a well-experienced game, like well -experienced gamer, he knows how to attack these games. And I, I feel like if you're a game, if you at least have played games that are like this, like MMORPGs or whatever they're called, or like maybe strategy games, you know that when you go in there, it's about finding experience the fastest way. You know it's about putting your experience in the right stats, whether you want to be a, you know, a tank, whether you want to be a stealth guy, whether you want to be a speedster, stuff like that. 
He knows the way he plays. He's like, I'm going to use all this experience. I'm going to farm this guy. I'm going to use these traits a, and invest them in the right way. They even of, say in the most recent episode that he's a speed luck build. And yeah. I'm like, well, that is a legit thing for that a is lot of these video games. Thing. Yeah, and so. it's funny because like I this past year and couple, you know, I I played Elden Ring and that's still one of the better games I've played in a long time. And that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, you know, half the builds when it comes to soul games, it's like, are you building yourself? No clothes, speed, so you can roll and dodge and like invest more in like magic, or are you investing more in stamina, or are you investing more in strength, stuff like that. And this is literally they build upon that, they talk about that, they have different characters that do different things. Like I was saying, there's another character who is kind of a love interest, and she's she's like this massive like attack stamina character and it's funny because she's a girl and you're like who is this dude but it's actually yeah, this, it's actually this, this cute, cute girl just girl that's like yeah. yeah and she's like this mega attack like tank mage and uh you know obviously the main character she's like one of the guild leaders to fight this giant boss yeah thing, monster yeah, yeah so yeah. the world building's really fun they do a good job of getting all the highlights of like video games like having good bosses of having challenging you know things like Oh, if you're poisoned or if you're down on this thing, you have to treat yourself before you can, uh, you know, go to the next world. Think, or if you die, you get, you have to go to a well, checkpoint. Stuff I think like that. One of my favorite ones that happened in the recent episode. I don't know if you watched it, but they were like talking about like these skill sets, and he's like, oh, and he was talking with the secondary character, and he's like, yeah, no, skills don't work that way. And she's like, uh, yeah, they do. You skipped the tutorial, didn't you? And you're like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> Well, that's funny because you, I have done that, and it's funny. I, I know. I was like the, the exact same thing. It's I was like, like you can relate because if you play these games, you played them enough. You're like, why do I need to do this? Oh, I know this. Or maybe you've played it, or it might be the same game, and you played it twice, and you're like, I'm just gonna skip this. So, a lot of things that happen in the game, I feel like we can say we've experienced. So that's fun, and I just like experiencing a video game anime like this more so than in a you know. An isekai where they it's more about them living in it because they're not living in it he's just trying to beat the game and that's fun well and i think to me it also shows that the creators really respect the game and they understand the game and i mean they're still writing a interesting story with interesting characters and a fun stuff but it's easier for me to enjoy when i'm not just thinking like you know, this is bullshit, or that's bullshit, or like, you know, they're just coming up with silly stuff just to be challenging or ridiculous. They actually think through, like, okay, this guy's got this build. What would actually be a challenging boss for him to face? Or, you know, well, he can't die. What would be an actual problem that he could face? Well, his NPC buddy could die, so that's kind of a thing yeah. that you don't want to happen. So, yeah, there's, there's, they're not trying to fucking make it dramatic just by forcing something stupid in there they're actually like using the game mechanics and making it a fun story to watch and i like the hell out of that animation's fucking great yeah i mean we've been talking about just like the premise and like how they story build but another thing that's a highlight is the animation animation is super sharp music is fucking fantastic yeah that's another thing about gaming it's like Good games have good music, and I feel like they invested in this too yeah. by having music that kind of either fits with the theme of the anime, but also fits with the theme of the music too. Right. Or the uh, the video. Yeah, so I think there's a lot to like about this one. If you haven't checked it out, definitely do. This was a, probably my second favorite of the season. Yeah, it's definitely in my top of the season. I recommend it easily to anyone. This is one that 
If you just like video games, do you like anime? I think you will easily like this. All right. So, last but not least, uh, you probably, if you've listened to us before, you're probably not going to know what we're talking about, or you're going to know what we're all discussing. It's Freyron at Journey's End. We have been sucking Freyron's dick for like the past millennia, three or five, six months. God, when was the when do we read the manga? It feels like forever. But the first thing I want to highlight. Okay, I guess I'll do the plot just for the sake of doing the plot. It's an elf. She lives forever. She's with the hero party. They beat the de- the demon king, and then it skips like a hundred years after that, where she watches like her the rest of her party starts to pass away, and she's kind of going on her own journey after they die. Hence, Freyren at Journey's End. And I mean, it is an actiony plot because she's on a journey, I guess, to where the old demon king's castle is for her own reasons. But I think it's kind of also. Kind of like Apothecary Diaries, there's a lot of slice of life aspect to it where it's just like there's these episodic adventures that they're doing every now and again. And occasionally there's a serious arc that goes on a few episodes. But a lot of the times it's just like we went to a town and this crazy thing happened and then we had to fight a monster or we went somewhere else and we heard this story about the past and it's just really interesting. So I think the story is brilliant. Um, What I really want to talk about is... I worry about these animators. For all the shit that we're hearing about animators recently, these animators do not have to go this fucking hard. There are scenes in this show where, like, people are dancing or just even somebody's taking their jacket off, and it looks better than 80% of, like, fight scenes I've seen in other anime. It's fucking nuts how good this show looks, and I don't know how they do it. I, I kind of feel bad. I hope these animators are getting treated well. That's all I'm saying. Because this anime looks so good. I mean, if you don't do it, if you don't watch it for the story, at least watch it for the fucking animation. It's amazing. Music is great. I don't think there's anything to dislike about this show. But I, I again, I've been sucking Freyron's dick forever. You, you want to talk about it, Austin? Yeah, just get. Uh, let me get the balls while you got the shaft. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, I like a little bit of butt play, so I'll, uh, I'll tease around the back. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't have anything but praise for this show. This was done by Madhouse, so obviously you know that they have a, a, a background in solid shows. I mean, One Punch Man, Death Note, Hunter Hunter, No Game, No Life, uh, Overlord. I mean, and those are just the top ones that I can think of, you know, right now. Uh, so they, they did go kind of all out on this because... I mean, I was just kind of taking note. I still, I feel, still think my favorite scene is the scene where Freyrin uh, finds the the blue flower that she was looking for, and she has to fly up on top of this like tower. And there, you see like a, a field of flowers on the top of a tower, and she's floating in the air. And her hair, because she has long hair, is kind of floating in the air. And she stops, and it's just like it was just gorgeous. And then the music was gorgeous, and I'm like. I mean, this is just this is literally just her flying up and seeing a field, and there's no yeah. action. It's just, it, yeah, it was it was beautiful animation. Uh, they had a similar scene in one of the recent episodes where she flew up and cast a spell to find ca- yeah. the ring, and I was like looking at her scarf as they were flying yep, up, and yep. I was like, "Holy shit!" You can kind of see like almost individual hair strands. Yeah, it's it just was, it's fucking good. nuts. Uh, yeah. So, and that's just the animation. I, I, I'd like to say that. Um, 
that it is a journey, right? Uh, so a journey is not always high. It's not always lows. And I think they do a good job of showing that, kind of like you were describing. It's like, you know, sometimes you'll go into a town. Sometimes you'll help this old man who's looking for, you know, a book. Or sometimes he's just trying to get from point A to point B. And that's what you got to do. And sometimes that's what the episode's about. And maybe them learning a lesson and maybe them you kind of like recounting a memory. Because like we said, Freyrin has been alive for a thousand plus years. So she's got a lot of memories. Um, and I think something that we didn't touch on is the side characters, which really add a lot to the story. Uh, you know, Freyrin's great because she's got this history. She's got a lot of experience. She can kind of recall on different situations through different eras. And but she has these new two youngsters who are joining her and, and Fern and uh, Stark, Stark, who are kind of like apprentices. Fern is her apprentice. Stark is an apprentice of her old uh, companion from the original journey. Um, and, you know, obviously they're young, they're new, they're, they see life a little differently. And it's funny to see their interactions because they think that she's crazy sometimes and then she thinks that they're crazy. They they Fern and Stark think they're crazy to each other because they were brought up differently. So their interactions, again, are funny, are enjoyable, and are really honest because sometimes you'll have situations like, oh, you know, it was uh, Fern's birthday and Stark didn't get her anything and she was kind of upset. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that can happen to more, you know, inexperienced, naive people and that's a fair thing to feel. And they do have half an episode d uh, devoted to that. And it was fun. It was cute. It was nice to see. And it was drawn well. And I think the characters' interactions were very honest. And that's something that, you know, I really enjoy is you can take away the action. You can take away the animation. But if you have honest and fun interactions between characters, that's another aspect I love about storytelling. Not just anime, but, you know, storytelling in general. And I think that this anime does... All of that super well. It, it does animation well. It does action well. It does, you know, the storytelling between characters, character development well. Because another thing to add to it is that Freire herself is not only just going on a journey physically. She's going on a journey kind of emotionally and mentally. Spiritually. Spiritually is the best way to say it. Because the main reason she's going on this journey is because she has to disconnect with her group, her original, like, party of what things mean to her uh because her party was like oh this is so nice at times they'd be like oh this is a great memory and she'd be like you know this is not much to me because this is a an iota of yeah, a moment of how to me, much i'm gonna right? to her like oh yeah. i've seen this a thousand times and it and like really it's about appreciating the moment with the people you're with not really appreciating the event because yeah that event could happen a thousand times i could you know, have a birthday 80 times in my life, but I might remember my birthday with this friend with this location, time, right? Yeah. So it's really about having memories of people, re recollecting on those memories with new people, and it's just a fun journey. Um, and that's just the kind of emotional side of it. The fun, you know, dramatic side of it is also very good because, you know, the action's great, the magic is great. Um, Stark is a physical fighter who has an axe, so that's pretty but, cool to watch. Yeah, I will say, like, I mean, I knew there were fight scenes in this show, and obviously the fantastic animation helps, but I think the one arc with the really good fight scene, you know probably what I'm talking about. We're going to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen in a second. That show has been, like, putting the bar above for fight scenes, 
And Fragrant was like right there with it. I yeah. was like, holy shit, this and, looks really good. And it's fun because they had different types. You know, you had Stark who fought the dragon, and that one was pretty fun because you got to see the dragon kind of flowing, the, the dragon's neck kind of flailing around, and Stark kind of having these big moments because Stark has an insane amount of power. Uh, but then you see like the the myriad of magic spells because you can have destructive magic. You can have kind of floral slash, you know, beautiful yeah. magic. And, and you get all that through Freyrin and Fern, and, and it's fun the, to see that. Yeah. And, I, I mean, you get to see, like, the different aspects, the different way you can beat different creatures is fun. But I think, I mean, one of the other things that you keep touching on that I really like about this show is that there is a lot of depth to each of these stories that you're going on. They each have a little life lesson or a little yeah. bit of something you can appreciate. I love so many of the dumb, you know, they seem like like just cute one-liners or like, I guess, badass one-liners depending on your perspective. But I love so many of the one-liners. Like I keep coming back to one of them. One of my favorite ones was like when Fern is dueling that demon and he's like, do you really think you can stand up to me? I've been studying magic my entire life. And she's like, well, so have I. And it's just like, it means two totally different things. But the concept of, you know, time traveling that way and just her being able to study it, 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 it makes, it gives you a lot to think on. This anime has so much to chew on um, as a story. And compared to a lot of the other stories, like we were talking about Undead Unluck and Nothing Against Shangri-La Frontier, those are very straightforward stories without a whole lot to think about. This one gives you a lot of life lessons and a lot of things to kind of conceptualize. Yeah, and it, it's, not, it's nothing heavy, but it is it is nice to just have some something to, to like, an underlying message. You're like, oh, you know, I, I've experienced that. You know, it, that is a nice moment kind of situation, something you can, like, relate to. Um, and, yeah, it does a good job of that. I, I did enjoy that aspect. But I will note that it does have action, and when it does, it does it well, like I was saying. Um, I, I just can't forget about the the battle that uh, Freyrin had with, um, what's her name, that, that one demon. Guillotine? Yeah, the guillotine. Yeah. Or the guillotine. Yeah, yeah. And, like, at the end, like, it was really brutal the way she, like, beat her. Like, oh, yeah. She, you know, it, 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 it basically, you. she, like, decapitated herself, and it's like, they showed most of them. And, like, you kind of forget, like, because of these cute moments, you're like, oh, this is a cute anime. I'm like, but it doesn't hold back. Like, in these action moments, like, people get hurt, people get scarred, people have, like, you know, some people, obviously not the main characters in, in Freyra and Stark or Fern, get, you know, killed. And, you know, it's about kind of dealing with that or, you know, experiencing that because, like, like we said, a journey. It has the goods but and the bads. It also has made so many memes. I love that stupid fight because, like, there's so many memes of Freyron being at the computer being like, GG, get wrecked. Go kill yourself. <laughs> Go kill yourself. <laughs> like, Go off yourself. <laughs> Oh god. So yeah. So um, uh, go watch it. Like yeah. stop listening to this podcast right now. Like and subscribe. Then stop listening to this podcast. Go watch it right now if you haven't. Definitely watch it. Be prepared because like again, I can't emphasize that it's it's a slow burn, but it's it's a good burn. because uh, I, I know people I like I a lot of, I feel like a lot of my friends are the kind where it's like, what am I watching? Like it takes time to hook you. Uh, if you don't know what you're getting into, I read the anim the manga, so I knew I was going to enjoy it, and it delivered. Again, the adaptation has been true, has been a hundred percent effort. So thank you to the studio. Um, uh, what was it, C2C, who did it? You know, they gave it justice and more. Yep. All right. Now we got a few sequels. 
We're just going to touch on these quickly because uh, we got so the hype up for next year coming on. So, uh, quick updates. So, Goblin Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Spy Family. I'll go ahead and say Goblin Slayer was good. Basically, this one was all about the priestess girl and her kind of development as a leader. I thought it was fun, but at the same time, it's just more of the same Goblin Slayer. So, if you like that show, great. If you don't, not so great. Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, do you want to take this one, Ozzy? Yeah, no, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen continued um, uh, the Shibuya incident, right? And that was basically what this season was. It was a long 23-episode season, um, and it it delivered. I mean, it's it's wild how this, how this season has kind of unfolded because I think the manga was also going through crazy stuff at the same time, so people were freaking out. As a, I think as a JJK fan, we were kind of eaten the whole time. Uh, but the anime itself, it delivered... Man, season two was just like crazy in compare in comparison to season one. Each great in their own way. Um, season two was more just kind of crazy, like because of the Shibuya incident. And if you know, you know this just kind of balls to the wall action. You know, final confrontations between people. You know, some major plot points, um, some major moments for characters. And uh, yeah, I think they delivered on that. I know it had its consistency issues with animation. I know it had some controversy with animators. And that's unfortunate to see. You hate to see that these people that are doing such a great thing for art, for media, for us as fans, have to endure this, have to you know see this. And I wish all the best for them. I hope that people see that you know they're taking advantage of people. But I want to also applaud them because they did a great job. Great animation, some of the best fights of the season, easily. And I'll have to recollect to see if some of the best fights of the series, because I know that the Choso fight with Yuji, the constant like rain of the bathroom and the blood, because he's a blood user, like it was just so good. Yeah. Um, I, frankly, I, I think some of the best fights in anime history, period. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely even, known for, for that, for sure. Even that, there's the fucking Sakuna fight where he takes over and fights... Uh, Gosh, what's the uh, the the the, the fi fire uh, the fire guy fire guy yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then the final battle with Toto and Yuji against um, um, Mahito, which yeah. was you know a very very fun because if you know Toto you know his ability adds for kind of hilarity slash fun like moments because he can switch places with people so it it adds for a little excitement um, but they did that great. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm also a little bit concerned because this season was a little chaotic, and I know it does not get better. I know this is basically the beginning of the snowball that turns into a massive avalanche, and it's a lot to absorb, and I don't know if having a full 23 season episode season is the best. I can't say that having it two, full, two half seasons would have been better. I don't know what would have. But sometimes I just think it's a lot to absorb. That's probably my only negative with this. It's just crazy to take in. I think it's also getting to the point where, I mean, thank goodness for the animation. It's amazing. But it's getting kind of to the Demon Slayer thing where it's just like, from this point on, it's all action. And it never really well, slows down. That's what I'm down. saying. Like, you don't have even, time to breathe. Even the parts where they stop to tell you what's going on, there's still action and shit happening. And it's just like... It's really hard to remain invested. And we had the same problem with Demon Slayer earlier this year, where it's like, 
everything's going 100 miles per hour. I can only hang on for so long. I need a breather or I need some time to kind of figure out what's going on. And uh, that's my concern with Jujutsu Kaisen going forward. But, I mean... At the moment, it's still it's still really good. I yep. can't I can't deny this. It's still really really good. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. still. Um, Spy Family. So, Spy Family finally got back with a decent story arc about your being a bodyguard, kind nice. of the value of life. You know, assuming that. So the story seems to be going back in the right direction. The art is still good. Um, I think this one is picking back up popularity, which is good. Um, and I think they just need to find a way to kind of continue to steer it towards more of the story development phase. We'll see if they're able to do that, because I know the manga is not that much farther ahead than the anime. They've also got the movie coming up, so I don't know what they're going to oh, do yeah, that's right. to I build into movie. that. So, uh, but I will be interested to see what they, how they move forward with there. And that's all of it for fall 2023, unless you've got anything else to highlight, Ozzy. No, that was it. Um, there were some shows that kind of got left behind, not necessarily because of, obviously, quality. I thought this season was a very solid quality, like, consistent across the board and, you know, getting different things that I liked. So, um, you know, I maybe by the end of, like, the, uh, uh, what's it called, the... Uh, the season overwrap. There might be a few that I'll talk about, but in general, I was very happy with this season, and um, I think it'll be like as we look into the next season. I think it'll kind of continue. Well, I think it's it's safe to say like you and I are both football people, and there's holidays in America, so I think it's fair to say that we watched a lot of stuff. It, that speaks to even, how good the yeah, season even, was. Yeah, honestly, that's a good way between, to say between. Between, you know, football and all the holidays and all the other stuff we got going on in our lives, we had to make a lot of time because there was something good to watch, it felt like, every other day. Yeah, we had a lot going on. Obviously, football is basically over, so we'll get back into watching more anime. But, um, yeah, we definitely took some time with this, and it was fun. I think it was worth it. I've en- I enjoyed everything, even the 100 Girlfriends. As, as much as not my cup of tea, I still enjoyed kind of watching it. Yep. But now we got to look forward to winter 2024 because, as you said, uh, we've there's not as much football on, so we got to get back to watching anime. Yeah, and it's cold, so I'm gonna be inside. So, so there you go. All right, so we'll get down to it. Um, first off, I just want to lead off with the list of sequels. I don't know how many of these we're actually gonna watch, but I did want to point them out because it feels like there's a lot of sequels this year. Moonlight Journey, Season 2. Mashla, Season 2. Which is surprising because it literally just went off air like a season ago. Yeah, it was... It must have been super popular. I I don't think I enjoyed it as much. But hey, to each their own. I'm I'm glad that it kind of came back so quickly. Well, and I'm kind of curious what the disparity in popularity was over here versus in Japan. Because like... Banished from the Heroes Party. That's another one where that one wasn't really popular over here. I thought it was fine. But it wasn't really popular over here. Must have been popular in Japan because it's got a season two. Urusei Yatsura. I mean, I think that one might just be contractual because they're bringing back like the old, like, old anime, right? So that Yeah, one, they I might mean, just this is just a conti- uh, obviously a continuation of the remake from season one. And I think season one was two seasons ago. Uh, I do think this one was well-received. Uh, in general, I, I think they're just trying to continue because they wanted to remake the entire yeah I think as much as they could to kind of highlight the show. Yeah, and, I think that's one where they're just remaking yeah. the whole thing. The shebang, 
High Card. Which is surprising because I did not like that one at all. I, I don't think either of us liked that one. And I didn't see much talk about it online either. So, But apparently it was popular enough that it enough. got a second but season. But that's not saying much. We're not saying... I mean, it could be good if you like it, but... I mean, things that aren't great get sequels. And then Classroom of the Elite, Season 2. That, that also, one, I think, gets pretty good. That good one also reviews. got not a lot of hype online. So that one, I guess I get. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how much longer some of these are going to live out their lives. I, frankly, I think High Card is probably done after this season. Unless it's just a really cheap one to make. But uh, yeah, I think... This might, I think there's at least, I certainly think Moonlight Journey, Urusai Yatsura, and Classroom of the Elite are probably going to keep going. We'll see how far the others are going to go. But uh, we'll just have to see what happens. So those are the sequels coming out. And now we're talking about the new ones. So, Ozzy, I know you put this one on here. Do you want to start the hype for solo leveling? Yeah, so, uh, and it's funny that I get to start it because I know goddamn nothing about this. Do you want me to do I, this? I know what it's about, okay? Do but, you want me to do the synopsis or are you good? I mean, is that not what it is? I mean, basically the synopsis is some dude goes into a world where there's magic and monsters, kind of like a fantasy world where he's kind of fighting for his life, but apparently he's a weakling, but he finds a way where he can level up quickly. Sort of. Um, so, like, the idea... This came from a Korean manhwa, as Yes, you it's a manhwa. I didn't know. Yeah, and uh, I think the story is basically as such. And this has become a kind of a common plot point in Korean manhwa for whatever reason. But at some point in the current time or near future, these gates start opening to, like, parallel worlds. And it allows monsters to invade our world. And then we get special people with powers... Who are able to go and fight the monsters. You know, nothing crazy, but it's basically like an RPG, except in real life. Um, so, I don't want to spoil too much, but some stuff happens. He becomes, like, one of the few survivors of a, thi- of a crazy thing that happens. And he actually starts getting, like, actual game prompts, like do this, do that, do this, do that. And he starts following him, and like you said, he becomes stronger. But he's trying to figure out, why am I getting these prompts? What happened? What what are these powers I have now? That's, right. that's basically how it goes. And yeah. it's, it's got a lot of hype. I mean, people were very excited for this. I understand that it's a manhwa, and I think the animation studio is going to kind of live up to it too. Animation is done by the studio's A1 Pictures, who did... Kaguya-sama, basically all the seasons, 86ers, and um, a majority of Sword Art Online. So they have a good repertoire of action, of, you know, fast, quick animated stuff, uh, you know, like Sword Art Online and 86ers. And, you know, Kaguya-sama, I mean, it was very good animation, but more just kind of down-to-earth in comparison. It does feel like SAO is very similar to this story. Um, I could see this, uh, yeah. I will say that uh, the webcomic probably got more hype because uh, manhwas tend to use, like, color uh, in their webcomics. And this, if you look at the actual, like, webcomic, looked really fucking sharp. Uh, Nice. So it was a very popular story. That's my only concern is, like... Outside of the fact that it looked really good for a comic, the story's pretty generic. So I don't know how well this is going to translate as an anime. Because maybe once it gets to an anime, you kind of are just like, yeah, it looks about the same as all the other anime. But here's hoping. I I don't know. I think it was an okay story. 
it does suffer from a lot of the shonen-y trope issues where it's just like, okay, what do we do now? Like, because now our guy is, uh, you know, a god. Uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, other than that, I think it's a really fun story to watch this guy go, go along. So, we'll see. Um... Next up, Dungeon Messy. Of course, Trigger picked this one up. Yeah, so this is one that I saw. Um, it's on It's on Netflix. Um, it releases next year. Uh, but Dungeon Messy, Delicious in Dungeon is what that translates to. And it's based off of a, uh, a manga. Um, but it seems like a very nice casual show. Um, I guess not necessarily what you would think of when it comes to Trigger. But if you watch it, there is some action. Because the basis is that... This uh, adventure uh, that goes into dungeons, and I think he's like a like a like a guy in a in a night suit, you know, kind of like a sword yeah. guy. Um, he's on some he's on a mission to rescue someone, and he's on a task with you know these other two new adventurers that he uh, that he recruits. And kind of the play on the, the the name is that it's called Delicious in Dungeon because to survive in this dungeon that they're in to go rescue someone, they have to eat. And what they're doing is they're eating the monsters. So part of the the show is actually them showing them how they cook some of the monsters, the meals they make. So it's kind of fun. That's why I'm saying it's kind of like a fun casual show because there is a little bit of action it seems because they're trying to survive. But also like they're making food and enjoying it and kind of laughing at these different you know types of meals they're making out of whether that be some kind of grub, some mushroom, some you know bat that they kill. So that just seems kind of weird and off the wall, and uh, the animation looks very clean. It's Trigger, so I think it'll be a situation where it'll be constantly good, and then when it gets action-y and when it gets serious, it'll be super sweet, super kind of off the wall. Um, so, yeah. Um, I will say I've never read this, but it's super popular right now. Really? So, so, so yeah. There you go. Um, it might be the casual show that I look forward to every week. Good stuff. Uh, next up we got... Next up, I'll go with the the instant death isekai. I just went with that because the real title is something along the lines of uh, the next world doesn't stand to shout against my power of instant death or oh, something Jesus along those lines. So uh, is this the one where the dude's on a bus with a school with a schoolmate? Yeah, this is the one we and read. We read okay, where okay. he's got that power. Where he's just like he wakes up dead. and like everyone's dead and like. Or, like, some of them are dead, and then the dragons start picking them off or something like that? Yeah, and the dragon's attacking them, and he's like, ah, I didn't kill that thing. Ah, shit. But, yeah, this is uh, one that we read. It's basically uh, these people, this group of kids gets reincarnated with special powers, except this one kid already had special powers before going to the other world. He can instantly kill anyone uh, just by... I don't even know if he has to think about it. But, anyway, yeah, basically just by willing it, he just is like... You're dead. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this manga, and I'm hoping the anime is popular because it is a cool gimmick, but it is that. It is a gimmick. So I'm not sure what they're going to do because, frankly, like, for all the good action animation we've talked about, uh, I don't know how you animate, like, yeah, that person just died, and that was the fight. Like, I don't know. This is uh, – so I'm perplexed as to how this one will actually come about as an anime, but I'm still excited to see what they do with it. So uh, that's that's going to be one of mine that I'm looking forward to. I'll at least watch the first few episodes. Um, do you want to tell us about si- a sign of affection? Yeah, so I'm just kind of going with some, some different ones here. Um, this one, a sign of affection, it is basically romance. Uh, it's a manga. 
Uh, it's being done by Studio uh, Ajay Do, who has done Ascendance of a Bookworm and uh, Kakushi Goto, which I have not seen Kakushi Goto before, but by looking up, this is something that I have to watch. Um, I, I don't remember what the premise was, but I do remember that I, I need to look this up again because it looked very good. But anyway, the premise of uh, A Sign of Affection is um, is that it's basically romance. There's a main character who's a woman who is in 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 uh, he was in college, so that's another reason why I kind of like the idea of it because it's more adult. Uh, she's in college and she meets a guy. Um, I think the the thing about the story that makes it a little unique is that the main character is deaf, so that's kind of that's why it's called a sign of affection. They're actually they Signing. focus they focus on sign language. Mm. I, I did read about that the creators did a lot of research on sign language. They actually had people who were you know professional sign language people that were in on the creation of it to make sure that they respected it and did it justice. So I do like the inclusion of that. That is fun to see just kind of a different take on, you know, just like everyday situations because, yeah, I mean, deaf people are always, you know, they're just like normal people. You encounter them, you know, maybe not as frequent as, you know, you know as people who have hearing, but it is nice to see that inclusion of different, I guess, situations. Yeah. Um, so it's basically romance from what I understand. Uh, and again, it is college, a college setting. So I do appreciate whenever we get more grown up situations. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I I think that is an interesting concept. I think it has been done, but I I'm interested it, to see. I, I know that it's it's been done before, and and but I still like that it's, it's something different. Gotcha. All right. Well, another one. We're looking at Metallic Rouge by Studio Bones. Uh, I think most people are familiar with Studio Bones, but if not, they did Mob Bones. Psycho. FMA, What's that? FMA Brohood. What's that? Um, and Bungo Stray Dogs and many, many others. Uh, yeah, the Brohood. The Brohood. Yeah. So, FMA Brohood. So Metallic Rouge is a, I believe, a unique story, unless I missed something about the manga existing. But it's a story of a world where androids live among humans. And basically an android and her human partner, her work for the government have to track down and kill nine androids who are trying to destabilize the government of Mars. And based on that sentence alone, I'm like, fuck it, in. I'm, I'm yeah, all no. about that. Yeah, like. and, I, and based on that sentence, the visuals of it, it kind of almost looks like cyberpunk-ish. Punk-ish yeah, thing. it feels uh, that and way. And then as soon as I saw that the girls have like mecha suits, I was like, I'm in! I'm in, in this shit! They immediately in. turn into like mecha girls. I'm like, oh, this looks sweet. This looks like it could be like kind of like the cyberpunk of this season where it's like, hell yeah. I, I'm all about it. I mean, and it does, like you said, it does. It also helps a lot that Studio Bones is doing it. That I know that it's it, they're going to put a lot of effort into it for when it matters. So, yep, fair enough. I think this is definitely going to be one to check out. Um, next up, so this one on the con by contrast, we know very little about. So Ishura, tell uh, uh, tell us about. Uh, sure, Ozzy. So this is one just based off of visuals. Uh, I saw the promo for it. It looked interesting. Uh, ba- the basis is that there's a world where the Demon King has died, and these lesser demigods have it kind of inherited the world. So they're kind of the ones that took down the Demon King, and now they kind of rule. Um, but they they're actually all kind of at odds because they want to gain the title of true hero. I don't really know if that is a good thing or a bad thing, 
But they, in the details, and I'm, I'm not going to give a good way these details, but they basically say, like, every demigod's a little different. Not, not a little different. There's a lot of difference. One's like a, a dragon that uses swords, and the other one's like a lightning wielder. So I really do think this is just action for the sake of action. And the animation looked good. It's being done by uh, Studio Passiony, which hasn't done a lot. They did Miracle chan which What's Miracle-Chan good? is kind of a slice of life funny ghost ghost horror, horror show <laughs> and isekai harem which is just the isekai harem i think I, people know about that one uh, yeah um but the action looked pretty good uh, i like the, the the character designs just based off the promos and that's it i think it's going to be we'll see if the action is good enough to hold up the story kind of situation all right next up i'll talk about mr villain's day off by chanel animation and Synergy SP, they've done Girlfriend, Girlfriend, and a couple of Cuckoos. So this one is a cute slice-of-life manga, basically about this evil mastermind villain in, I believe, a Sentai kind of environment. But he's an evil villain, and on his day off, he likes to you know, go to the zoo and look at pandas, or go to a play, or do something like that. And it's basically just like what this guy does in his day off. <laughs> Day off, and uh, frankly, if the if I remember the short manga correctly, it was very cute or funny uh, at any given time. So I was not expecting this to get adapted because this is a really old manga that only had a short run. But uh, I'm excited to see what they do with the anime because I think it could be very cute, and if nothing else. It'll lead to a bunch of plush figures, I'm sure. Hell yeah, pillows. All right. Um, next up, do you want to talk about The Witch and the Beast, Ozzy? The Witch and the Beast. Yeah, so this is another one that I don't know much about, but it uh, it's it's based off a of manga. Uh, apparently this manga's been running since 2016, so this is a pretty old one, um, and I've never heard it. Um, but basically the premise that I understand is that these two characters, The Witch and the Beast, uh, the uh, well, actually, I don't know... I don't think one of them is a witch. One of them is a beast, and it happens to be a girl who is like this, you know, unassuming girl, but she has like these feral fangs. She's got like these feral eyes, and she's very like, you know, beastly. I mean, she looks like a normal, attractive anime girl would look like. And then her her other character, the other MC, is kind of like this unassuming guy who's like well put together, but very soft-spoken. Apparently, I think, from what I understand, is they're witch hunters. And they're going around to different towns. They encounter witches, and they seem to believe that witches are basically just bad news. Mm. Uh, it, it is. It does look a little dark, a little grimy, um, so a little bit more serious toned. Uh, the setting looks uh, kind of like what's it called? Like old English, old German town kind of feel. Uh, Medieval. Kind of. No, I wouldn't go that that far back. Uh, it definitely looks more. Not modern, but I don't know what era. Like Sherlock Holmes kind of... Uh, yeah, like, I don't like that know. Era. I, I'm trying to think of what the right way to say that That, is. that era is what I saw from the promos. I could be completely wrong, but like cobblestone, carriage, like some people had, you know, bicycles. Uh, just that kind of feel. So, um, yeah, I, know, I, I don't know much about it. The animation looked okay. Uh, I just want to put it up there to see. Maybe, maybe it'll be a good watch. We'll see. All right, and I'll burn through the last three. So first off, we got "Tis Time for Torture Princess" by Pine Jam, who did "Do It Yourself," uh, who Ozzy loves. Uh, yeah. And uh, we already covered it, but basically, it's the story of uh, this princess gets captured, and she gets "quote unquote" tortured 
into giving up <laughs> bullshit information. And it's a comedy kind of that just is one, it's a one note style comedy, but it's fun with the characters. I, I'm curious to see what they do uh, with this story. I just hope they burn through it kind of quickly. Uh, they don't use the same joke over and over again. And then Logan's villainous animes for the season because everybody loves those. Those are Molly's favorite. <laughs> so we got the seventh time loop villainous by Studio Kai and Hornets, who did Hori and Miyamura and Super Cub. It's a story Super about Cub. this villainous like princess gets every time she gets killed, she gets reincarnated into another time loop. And <laughs> Every time, so she's died, if you can't tell by the title, she's died six times. The seventh time around, she's hoping to just live in peace. But to do that, she's got to marry her arch enemy who keeps killing her in like the past six time loops. So that one's kind of interesting. I think the manga was fun and there's definitely a lot more depth to that one. The less serious one is Villainous Level 99 by Studio Jumondo, which is by, which did Don't Hurt Me, My Healer. This is like their third thing they anime they've done so i'm curious about that but it's a funny story about a character who is reincarnated as the secret boss of a game who is so op that she basically breaks uh the comfort the country that she lives in so the ruling class so it's it's got a lot of neat ideas and concepts it's not as simple as i'm making it out to be but it is a fun story and i'm kind of curious to see where it goes so those are at least on the list. All right. I think that's all we got for the hype for next season at the moment. I'm sure there's more that will come up. Next up, we've got our manga. Uh, so, Daddy and Buddy, um, what did you think of this uh, gymnastic, uh, <laughs> gymnastic sentai gay? story i don't know anyway dude i read the wrong one then because i read the one where the guy like it's basically like s&m and like it's all leather everyone was in leather there are a lot of gymnastics but it was a lot of anal gymnastics what the fuck were you reading <laughs> no nah, i read the one you were talking about i read the one you were talking about yeah no daddy and buddy man th- Daddy and Buddy, not not an SMM manga. Okay, to give you what the premise is, so basically there's a main character who happens to be able to see these weird, uh, like, creatures that only only are attracted to children, as far as we know, and they're basically just, like, they, they either antagonize them, they make them uneasy, they make them... They suck out kind of like their life force, but they they basically make them cranky. Like if you would think, oh, that that kid's having a tantrum, it could be because that creature's you know affecting him. S- situations like that. Uh, this guy doesn't know that, but he learns through finding this guy who is te- kind of like MIB, like Man in Black. He finds yeah. this guy who like fights these demons, and he's like, what's going on? He finds out that apparently there's this task agency who takes care of this, who saves kids by destroying these bugs. And they're like this bug agency, and he joins them. And it happens to be that the way that kids have create more life force, uh, I think they call it vitality uh, or vigor, I forget what it was, um, is through like happy cheerfulness and gymnastics. 
Uh, they made that note one Shit, time. Shit, I didn't know that. They made that note one time. I don't know if that's the only way, but they said it was in the middle of their show because apparently they have this show. Oh, right. And they were like, the right. number one way is through gymnastics and cheerfulness. Just being happy and being an exercise. Yeah, so yeah. it's funny because, yes, the main character happened to be this gymnastics guy who kind of fell off because he couldn't keep up on a professional level, but he loves gymnastics. That was his job before he got fired was teaching gymnastics. And he's good at it. He's just, you know, not a professional. Um, but it happens to be that the main, like, guy who is um, who is the agent that he meets and kind of befriends and joins him in his uh, crusade uh, is also a gymnastics. Uh, so I guess the reason they chose gymnastics is because it's kind of a cool visual. I mean, you can see them jumping around, doing these, these insane twirls, insane movements. And then they land kicks, or and then they punch the you know the creatures, and they beat the creatures. So that premise was kind of cool. It's kind of weird because they they brought in gymnastics like as a hard thing. It wasn't like oh you can use your gymnastics ability or your athletic ability to fight. No, it's like you use gymnastics, and it's like oh, okay, well that's it's kind of weird in general because yeah. it's really just like it's kind of like Jujutsu Kaisen where like only certain people can see it, and we have to save everyone, but. Let's add gymnastics. Well, I do. But it's not as serious so far. And I guess what I also like about the story is like, yeah, there's a bad guy in these evil monsters, but that's not like really the like villain of the story. The villain of the story is like unemployment and getting and getting old. It's like getting old. Yeah. This, this guy is like a gymnastic and he person and he had all these dreams they wanted to do. And then he got old and he, he never was able to make them work. I think. I forget if he like got injured or what the deal was, but he basically never made him work. So now he's like unemployed, and he finds this thing he's good at, and they're basically like, "Nah, you're too old." Except for this one guy who's like bat at bat form. He's like, "No, he he can do this. I believe in him." Yeah. And it's just like, it's just fascinating to see that that it's kind of like, for how weird of a premise it is, the actual like story is more of just like a, like a critique of. You know the job market, as it were. It's very, it's fascinating, the things that it touches on. Yeah, it definitely touches on like you doing the things that you really want to do. Like, oh, you lost your job. Like, what do you want to do next? Like, wh what kind of job do you need to get? It's like, how about I find one where I gave up on something and I still want to. I, I, I mean, I can't become a professional gymnast, but I can still apply those skills and do something I love to do. Which in this case, he wanted to be a hero. He wanted to be helping kids and stuff like that. So I like that it touches on that because that is a fun sentiment. You know, it, it's not dark where it's like, I have to save someone or they'll die. I mean, yes, I'm sure there are deadly situations, but that's not the point of the story. Like you're saying, the point of the story is this character kind of dealing with life. The other main character, uh, the, the agent just also kind of dealing with life and kind of, cause they, they kind of have a hard age limit on these bug agents because after, a, after I think, like, once you get in your 30s, you actually can't see the bugs anymore. You yeah. start not seeing You're them. You're not supposed so to. So you can't yeah, fight you them. you can't see them as good, yeah. If you can't see them, you actually can't come in contact with them either. I don't know if they answer that either because I, I, it seems like they, they can interact. There's with, a lot of, like, gray areas. Yeah, there's gray They don't answer every question, but I, I don't know, like... It's definitely something we've seen before with bugs or demons and stuff like that. Like, oh, I can—I'm the only one that can see it. I should—I should do something about it. Situation, but with a weird twist. Again, the whole gymnastics and like this guy like wanting to combat his like unemployment 
but also do something for himself. Um, I, I could see this being adapted. I could definitely see this being adapted. Is this being adapted? Right now, it's only a few chapters in, but it's been pretty popular online, so we'll see. I, I'm curious to see... They've got to give it more of a hook, I think, because, like you said, there isn't really a villain, and that works for some people, but for a shonen, you got to have a little more of a, like, bad kind of, bad guy to fight vibe, if that makes any sense. So, we'll see, but I'm I'm just excited because it seemed like a very unique premise. So, we'll see what actually ends up with it. Uh, next week, though, or next recording, we're gonna, our manga is going to be one that is getting adapted, and it's getting adapted... Next season, uh, nice. We're gonna read the wrong way to use healing magic. Oh, that's right. It is getting adapted. Yeah, which uh, wait, I thought that was this season. No, it's next season. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. So, the wrong way to use healing magic is uh, it's an isekai, so Ozzy's gonna like it. I obviously. <laughs> no, dude, that's next season. Yeah, it's next season. That's what I said. As in this season, well, as in our hype seasons, you didn't bring yeah, it up. Yeah, winter, winter 2020. Yeah, I, well. Well, there you go. Well, now I'm... Spoilers. Because I'm about to fucking tell you about it, isn't it? Um, it's about these characters that get isekai to this world to try and help them. And two of them are fighter class, and one of them is a healer. Well, what this particular kingdom has realized is that there is a certain way to use healing magic to fight. It's just that you have to, instead of healing others, you use it to basically buff your own body up to become like, superpowered. So it's this guy going through this rigorous training and learning how to essentially fight using his healing magic. It's a pretty interesting it's an interesting concept. I wouldn't say that it's like, never been done before but it's... Oh, I thought it was a comedy. It's fascinating. Um, I think it is at least earlier on, it leans more into the comedy trope plant. Uh, I don't know where it goes as the story goes on. There's definitely more fighting as the as it continues. Well, we'll see. I'll probably not like it, so let's check it out. <laughs> because, God, God, I hate those Asakai. All right. And I think that's it for us. Uh, we will be joining up again sometime in the new year to do the uh, 2023 wrap-up. But for now, uh, I think that's all we got. Yep. Um, Thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. You can shoot us an email at raleighanime at gmail.com. And uh, if you got any questions or if you got anything you'd like us to cover, please. Yeah, or let us know what, uh, if, if you want to let us know, like, what some of your biggest things were from 2023. Like Logan said, our next episode will be a summation of 2023, which we're hyped for. Any superlatives you want us to give Yeah, up? like, most exciting or most likely to be a bloodbath. That's undead on luck, probably. Uh, best titty press. Uh, so girlfriend, girlfriend, hundred girlfriends. It's got to be a hundred girlfriends. There was that one. There's episode. been a lot in undead on luck. I'm just saying. I don't know. That is true. That is absolutely true. You're right. I, I don't know. Uh, best fight. That'll be our favorite one. God, I love. We're gonna have a hard time. There's with so that many one. fucking best fights yeah. this year. God. We we'll have to come up with an obscure one that only one could win. Best lesbian relationship or no. We should just do, like, best, I don't know, single-gender relationship. I don't know. Same-gender relationship? Yeah. That'd probably be more fair. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Hmm. Huh. What what gender do eunuchs count as? I, think still I still a, think he's still a male, dude. Man. I think he's still a dude. Still a dude. Okay, fine. All right. Well, anyway, uh, shoot us an email and let us know. And thanks, as always, for listening. 
Uh, Ozzy, you got anything to say to our listeners? No. Have a happy holidays. We'll see you next year. Yep. Till till then, y'all have a happy new year and a merry Christmas and any other crazy holidays. Happy merry Kwanzaa. Where Kwanzaa? Hanukkah. Did you just puke? No, that's, that's how you pronounce it. Hanukkah. I think. Aren't you Jewish? Yeah, pretty sure. Good night, everybody.